Thank you, worship team. Good morning, and it is so excited. It is so exciting to be here today. I'm going to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments as we jump into the word. We're excited for this morning and continuing our series. We pray that you have had a blessed week and we are thrilled to welcome you this morning. If this is your first time, we are so excited you chose to be with us. We're in part two of our series, Impact Now, um, and this particular message is entitled Reaching Your Circle, Reaching Your Circle. We talked last week about uh, changing our world and not changing the world because that, that is a little too extensive and it can seem exhausting. Uh, but talking about changing the people in our uh, sphere of influence. And that's what I want to jump into today. So I'm excited for that. Are you excited? Amen. Are you ready? All right, here we go. So when we talk about being able to accomplish um, what God has put us on earth here for, to be able to have that sense of purpose and that sense of direction, to be able to know where we're going, that is only something that comes from God. That is only something that comes from God. That is why um, you'll, you'll notice people uh, that you have encountered, that you have come across with, it seems like they have it all together, that seems like everything uh, has come into place in their life, but the reality that that is not so because our fulfillment comes from Jesus, amen. Uh, we are people of joy. We are not people of happiness. Happiness depends what is happening in your situation. But we know that we are people that are full of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength, amen. That is why we could go through hardships and that is why we can go through difficulties and still come out. It is because of the God that we serve and it is because of his joy. So when we talk about being salt of the earth and when we talk about being the light of the world as we uh, covered last week, we're excited and I'm excited for the journey for you. I'm excited uh, for the journey that we are getting to become all who he wants us to be. Can I get a good amen right there? Not one thing less, not one thing less, not just three-fourths of it, but being able to be everything that God wants us to be here on this earth. And the way we put it here at Impact City is the first step in that is we know God, is knowing God to connect with him. That is the first step in making a, a change or it to, to progress in this journey because we can't do anything else without knowing him. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches separated from me. You cannot do anything, but connected to me, you will bear much fruit. You can know him. You can know him regardless of what you have been taught, regardless of what you have been told. You can have a real, vibrant, genuine relationship with the God who created you. That is the first step, knowing God. And the thing, the second part that we believe is finding freedom. We find freedom. And one of the vehicles that we do this through is through small groups. The Bible says that if we confess our sins to him, that he is just to forgive our sins. But through God's people, we're able to find healing. So one of the things that is so important is knowing God. That is the first step. But then you have to find freedom. And that looks different for everyone. But to be able to address the issues in our lives, the past hurt, the past rejection, whatever that may be, that keep us back 
from being the best version of you, from being the best version of you, to settle the issues that we have in lives, to let God heal our hearts, because the truth is that we all have issues. Amen? We all have issues. If you don't think you have issues, that's your issue right there. But it is about letting God bring closure. Amen? Not saying that it's okay what happened, not saying that it, it is fair that what happened, but to let there be, be that closure from the things of the past. That once yesterday is settled, that we can look towards tomorrow. Amen. That we can look towards tomorrow. And that's what we call here discovering our purpose. To discover our purpose. To do what we were called to do. To be mobilized in that part of our lives like no other. So there's nothing that can make you happy. There's nothing that can bring you the joy and the satisfaction like serving God. Amen? And serving God's people. You can't make enough money. You can't marry the right person. You can't have enough kids. You can't give away all your kids. There's nothing that can bring the satisfaction than using our gifts, our God-given talents, skills, and abilities to be able to impact others so that others could know God the way we know God. And then that leads us to the fourth part, which is making a difference. We know God. We find freedom. We discover our purpose, and then we make a difference. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning because the ultimate purpose of my life and the ultimate purpose of your life is to make a difference. So that's what we're going to jump in here, uh, jump into today. We're going to look at how God uses our lives to influence others. He doesn't do it the same way for all of us. He doesn't have a one-size-fits-all model. No, it is different for every single one of us. He made me a preacher, a teacher, a leader, and he doesn't do that with everyone. There's some things that you can do that I cannot do. Some of you do, do incredible work with, with a saw. I would probably chop off my fingers with a saw. Just, just saying. Not everyone does the same thing, but it is so beautiful to see that when we all come together, how our strengths are just maximized and we reach our full potential because the body is functioning as it should. Because we're all, every single one of us, regardless of where you're sitting here today, we're all called to make a difference. We're all called to make a difference. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9 and verse 11. He said, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. When we hear the word rich, we automatically think of money. And, and while it can mean money, it is not limited to that because God makes us rich in knowledge. Amen. He makes us rich in understanding. He makes us rich in our skills and our talents. He makes us rich in our abilities. Rich in those ways to be able to help others, to be able to put ourselves at the disposal of God, our, our availability to him, and to be able to say, you know what, God, I thank you for what you have gifted me with. Now uh, help me put that to use to be able to help others. But something important in this process is this, that we have to recognize what our influence is before we can exercise our influence. Amen. So we have to recognize the influence before we can exercise the influence. So what is it that you have? What is it that you have in your What is it that you have in your hands? What is it that you have that, that you can place in God's hands? And that he can do something great with. What is it that you have that, 
the person next to you doesn't have? And what is it that you have that the body of of God is waiting for you to put into motion so that you can do something great for God. It doesn't matter how, how small, because let's just be honest, sometimes we count ourselves out, amen? Sometimes we say, you know what, I, I could never do something with, with what I have, but, but Moses, what do you have in your hand? It, it just seems like a rod, a, a stick, but with that rod, if you just place that, if you're available to God, you can do something great with that. Samson, all he had was the jawbone of a donkey, but with that, he was able to kill over a thousand men. What is it that you have in your hand? That that little boy that showed up to the scene, all he had was two fish and five loaves, but put that in the master's hands and you can impact thousands of people. Amen. Are you, are you capturing what I'm saying here today that you may think, well, well, I really don't have a lot to contribute. Put it in God's hands and you can see what he can do with that. It says this. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 4, make a careful exploration of who you are, of who you are and the work you have been given. Because the truth is that we have all been given work, whether we are doing it or not, we have all been given work. And then sink yourself into that. God has given you work. Whether you're doing it or not, whether you're functioning it or whether you're carrying it out or not, God has given you work. So what I want to do here today is I want to look at, particular, at a particular passage of scripture that is found in Acts chapter 16. And it is a scripture um, that m- most of us are familiar with if you've heard of Paul and Silas being in jail. And I want to uh, preface what took place prior to that uh, to be able to discover that there is a, a word that is used there. And I want to talk to you today about it in the, in the original Greek context. When we look at scripture, we, we understand that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew when, and the New Testament was written in, in Greek. And when we translate some things um, over, it's kind of like using Google Translate. If you've ever used Google Translate, you know that it is not always effective uh, and you know that you don't always get the, the right translation. So what I want to look at here today is just show you a deeper truth Uh, about the influence that God has designed for you and I. So let's talk about you and your sphere of influence. So the Bible tells us that that there's these two men, Paul and Silas, and and they're, they're, they're praying, and all of a sudden that there's this lady that, that comes and starts saying that these are the servants of the Most High God. She was involved in sorcery and witchcraft, and, and she was just shouting as Paul and Silas were going preaching. Uh, she kept this up, the Bible says, for, for many days. Finally, the Bible says, Paul uh, became so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit that was operating in this woman, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, how many know there's power in the name? Amen. It's I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. So, so when the owners of this woman that, that were, that were uh, over her, that had control, that had power over her, they, they saw that she could no longer function in that. They took these two men, Paul and Silas, to the authorities of that city. And they said, these, these two are, are costing us in essence. Um, the Bible says that the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and to be beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, the Bible says, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them 
carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, high security, and fastened their feet in the stocks. And then this scripture is in the YouVersion app, version app. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 31. The Bible says this, about midnight. Okay, so you understand Paul and Silas thrown into prison. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They weren't crying. They weren't frustrated. They weren't complaining. But even there, they were using their influence. Amen. The, they were praying. They were singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were just listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Isn't this awesome that God could use our problem to be able to lead others to Christ? He can use our pain to lead others to Christ. All they said is, hey, don't harm yourselves, we're here. Don't harm yourselves, we're here. But because he saw them singing in the midst of their heartache, because he saw the attitude, the response, because can I tell you, we all go through horrible situations, but our response, we can determine our response based off off of the faith that we have in the God that we serve, that Paul and Silas said, you know what, while I could really turn my back on God and I could say, you know, I have, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. They said, you know what, I'm going to praise him in the morning. I'm going to praise him in the noontime. I'm going to praise him when the sun goes down. I'm going to praise him when the sun goes down in my life. And it seems like it's a dark moment when it seems like it's a scary moment, I'm going to praise him in the midst of the affliction, in the midst of the pain. And because of that, others are going to get to know the God that I serve because I can praise him through my pain. They praised him through, through their pain, through, their, through them landing there because they were preaching. And they said, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus. And you will be saved, you, not just you, you and your household. You and your household. The Greek word for household that is used here is oikos, just like the yogurt that that you may eat. Um, You don't need to know that. I, I need to know that for you. And that's why I'm sharing that with you. But another translation is it's not just your your household, but it could be considered your sphere of influence. So it, another way of reading this could be this way. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved and you will have a profound, not just an impact, but a profound impact on your sphere of influence. Isn't that awesome? That because I believe and and because I can say yes to him, that I can have a profound impact. Isn't that awesome that you, by by living a life that that just loves loves God and loves people, that you can have a profound impact on somebody around you. That when you became a Christian, that it just wasn't for you. 
It wasn't just for you that when you believe in Jesus that you would impact those around you. That, that wouldn't it be awesome for us to, to live this life, to find Jesus. And by the time that our life is done here on this earth, that everyone in our sphere of influence has met Jesus as well. That is the goal. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Where do we start? So here I want to give you just some practical steps to be able to apply to your everyday living that when you leave here this morning, you'll be able to put into practice. The first thing is my people. How do I become a positive impact? How can I change lives? How can I do what God has called me to do? I start with my people. That could be your family. That can, that's your friends. That's your coworkers. Those are your classmates. Those are your circle. Those that you come into contact with on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Those that are in your circle. Look what Mark chapter 5 verse 19 says. Go home to your family and friends. Go home to your family and friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. It doesn't say get on to them. It doesn't say condemn them for their living. It doesn't tell them that they're living a, a wrong way. But no, just tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And let's love them to Jesus. Amen? Let's love them to Jesus. Go home to your family and your friends. It doesn't say how bad. It doesn't tell them to tell them how bad they are doesn't say to tell them they're wrong. We're at a family funeral. It's interesting th things happen at family funerals, right? We're at a family funeral, and there was a relative there who had left church um, and, and was no longer uh, functioning uh, in, in any church. And uh, the first thing that one of her uncles does when he sees her is he runs to the Bible with her, and he starts telling her all these scriptures and just starts pretty much chastising her. Um, do you think that was the right way? It's a rhetorical question. I can tell you how the story ends, but I think you can piece it together. It's not about condemning people. It's about loving people. It's not, it's not saying that what they're doing is right, but it's loving them like Jesus loves them. Amen. And letting them see the love of God in our lives that we can love them through their wrong because I want to be loved through my wrong. Go home and tell your family and friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you, your people. Sociologists have studied this and they say that it, it is about 12 people on average. Your sphere of influence is 12 people, so you can think of the people in your life, whether that's your parents, your children, the people that you work with, there's 12 people on average that you can impact. That's how I start. I shared with you last week in the book of Acts when he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. First, what is your Jerusalem? And the second thing is this, my place. Your place, the place where God has put you. 
And in the YouVersion app, I put seven uh, different places that I want to just briefly cover because I believe that God has not just called us to be uh, an influence in these four walls. Amen. God wants us to influence outside and have positive influence. The place where God has put you. The place where God has put you. You may not be in all of these that I'm about to share, but I promise you you're in at least one or two. That you can make a difference for Jesus if you just, if we're intentional with it. And the question that I want to ask this morning is, are we making a difference in the different places that we're at? Am I making a difference in the different places that I'm at? So let's look at the seven places in society that must be influenced by God. Because the church cannot be the only place where God is present. Amen. The church cannot be the only place. God needs to have influence in every area. So let's look at these. The first, the first is the church because we are the church. And we as a church do what we can do. Amen. We give to missions and we give to organizations that help different people that are struggling and going through situations in their lives. So we as a church we, we go out to our community and we extend beyond that. We, we had an incredible serve day in being able to be at the West Texas Food Bank. And just in, a, in an hour and a half, we mobilized volunteers and were able to feed over 300 families. In, in Jesus' name, that we were able to be there, that we were able to just do a little bit in contributing. Because we as a church have to go beyond these four walls. And they have to see Jesus, amen, in the streets. They have to see Jesus in their place. We go, to, go beyond our, these four walls. The second place is government. Be a positive, godly voice in our government. Maybe that means you want to run for office. Maybe that means that, that you just pray more intentionally and more focused for the people, for the leaders that we have in our government. But we have to make sure that God is in our government, that when we look at the separation of church and state, it was not to keep church out of the, uh, out of the government, but it was intended to keep the government out of the church, that, that we are one nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice, that we can't take that out, that we can't take that out, that we are a people of God in everything that we do. Our leaders need God, and we need to be intentional in praying for them. Amen? Amen. The third thing is the, the sports arena, because we have, we have athletes in this place they play on different levels, but maybe you, join, uh, maybe you joined a softball league. Maybe you joined a baseball league or whatever that looks like for you. But that we could be positive influences for God in that sports arena. Amen. That whatever that looks like for you, but that we would, that they would see God. That our teammates would see God through us. That we could influence for Jesus in the sports world. The next thing is education. Some of us in this place work in education. Some of us have children in the educational system. Some of us have nephews and nieces. But what does that look like? We need God in our schools. We need God in our schools. We need Jesus in our schools, and we need to be that influence. We need to be that positive change that people could come to us and that they could see us that they could see Jesus in us in our schools. 
The next thing is our businesses. That we can, isn't it awesome that we can let our light shine through our businesses? We can. Regardless of what you do, it looks different on various levels, but we can do great things through our businesses in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wrapping it up here. Media. If you have influence in the media, let your voice be heard. Let our light shine through that. And the last thing is family. Let's have strong families. Let's have strong families. When families begin to disintegrate, you'll notice that society begins to disintegrate. When families struggle, it is a telltale sign of what our society is doing. So let's fight for our families. Let's fight for our families that we can have strong families, that we can have healthy families in Jesus' name. Because a, a healthy family and a healthy family here and a healthy family contributes to a healthy church. And we're able to influence others for God. Let's be that positive change. So we looked at my people. We looked at my place. So where are, are we influencing our people? Are we influencing the places that we're at? Do they know that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world in the places that we're at? Do they know that? And then the last thing is our passion. Because God uses our passions to make a difference. What does this mean? This means that God has wired each of us differently. And that none of us are the same. And it's all about using our unique gift and the unique talent that is on your life to be able to make a difference. What are you passionate about? What, what, are you, what do you have zeal about that you can say, you know what, I can take this, I can put it in God's hands and I can make a difference. No one can do what you can do like you can do it. So let's get involved. Let's all do this together because there's children that need to be ministered to next door. And there's small groups that need to be led. There's guitars that need to be played. There's songs that need to be sung. He has given us the ability to do this. There's, there's cars that need to be parked. There, there's things in the church that we can influence, that we can be the positive change. Look what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. It doesn't matter what part we play. What is important is that we do what we are called to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 furthermore says, All you together are Christ's body. Not just some of you, not just half of you, but all of you are together are Christ's body. And each of you is part of it. Each of you is part of it. I love what Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if the worship team would join me. Verses 1 and 7, he says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, he says this, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Let that sink in for just a moment, that you have been called by God. And I love what he puts in verse 7, that he has given each one of us, each one of us, a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Through the generosity of Christ. 
that we all have something to contribute, that he has given a special gift on your life. So the question this morning is, what am I doing? What am I doing with what God has placed in my hands? He entrusted that to you. He said, you know what? The creator who knows the ins and outs of how we are made and how we are wired, he said, I'm going to place that on you and I'm going to place that on you. And, and when you come together, it's a special gift. It's a special gift. In between that scripture in Ephesians, he says these are the gifts that Christ gave the church. And, and the King James Version says he gave some he said, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. God has called me to equip you to do his work and to build up the church. But watch what it says, talking about Jesus. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. How many know that God doesn't make any mistakes? He doesn't make any errors. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I don't need my hands to do the walking. My feet take care of that. I don't need my feet to smell. My nose does that. That's funny, right? Sometimes feet smell. <laughs> I don't need my nose to run. My feet do that. Some of you got it. I don't need my fingers to do what my legs do. I need my fingers to do what my fingers can do. I need to do what God has called me to do. I, I'm encouraging you and I'm challenging you to do what God has called you to do because no one can take your place here. Someone else can fill in for you, absolutely, but no one can do like what you can do, like you can do it. We have a generous God who allows us to be a blessing to others. And God takes note. And God takes note when we are giving of ourselves and when we sacrifice and when we are when we're serving his purpose and I want to share a scripture out of Isaiah and I want to emphasize that I know that this scripture is written in the context of fasting but the principle I believe extends far beyond that God speaks to his people and he shares on serving others watch this Isaiah 58 is this the kind of fast I have chosen only a day for people to humble themselves is it only for bowing one's head like a reed for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? In other words, is this just a one type of one day thing? Is this just something that you do just on Sundays? No. He said, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice? 
and to untie the cords of the yoke and to set oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? That's what we're called here to do, not just to, not just to, to be in here and to gather, but to serve others, to give of ourselves, to be able to help others see Jesus, that, that they would know that we love them, not that we just tell them, but that we would show them. And look what God says that he does when we do this. He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer your cry for help and he will say here I am if you do away with the yoke of oppression with the pointing finger and malicious talking and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday the Lord will guide you always he will satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land it doesn't matter what's going on in this world the Lord will satisfy your needs and will strengthen your friends you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. God says, I will do this for you. God says, I will do this for you. So let's do this together. Amen. Let's do this together. Let's reach our circle together. Father, thank you in this moment. Thank you in this moment that you have called us. I thank you that there's nobody like me. I thank you that there's nobody like each one in this place here today that you have called us, empowered us, equipped us. And now you challenge us. And you call us to make a difference, to make a difference, to let our light shine in our sphere of influence. That our family would see you through me and through us. That our coworkers would see you through us. That our classmates would see you through us. Thank you for gifting us with the talents and skills that make us who we are. Let us live a life that glorifies you, that lifts you up. Let us live a life, God, that makes a difference. God, every, any obstacle, any barrier, anything that stands in the way, God, of us fulfilling and maximizing our potential in you. God, right now we come against it in the name of Jesus. We declare, God, that we will make a difference. We declare that we will serve. We declare, God, that we will do incredible works for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe some of you in this place today say, John, I can't even do that because I haven't taken the first step of knowing God. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and if, and if you don't, this is the most important day of eternity for you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and he paid for your sins, and all of us come by grace. That means we don't deserve it, 
but we are saved totally by grace and it's totally by the blood of Jesus and if you will open your heart today Jesus will come in the door is your heart and he's not going to kick the door down but he's waiting for you to open it and if you open the door to your heart to him he'll come in today and give you eternal life if that is you today if you say I want to take the first step. I want to know God. I want to invite you with every eye closed and every head bowed just to raise your hand right where you're at. Just say, if that is you online, just type it in the chat. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm ready to surrender my life to him. Amen. I want to invite you and everyone to join me in this prayer. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? I open my heart to you and I invite you to come in be Lord of my life fill me with your spirit forgive my sins give me the power to change and to live for you I dedicate the rest of my life to you in Jesus name amen Could we stand to our feet and give God praise this morning for everyone that accepted Jesus?